listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast again this week. I really appreciate you guys listening, and uh, before we kick it off today and jump into what I have for you, which is going to be a phenomenal episode, by the way, I want to ask you to do two things if you don't mind. It would really mean a lot to me. Number one, if you're watching, or excuse me, if you're listening to this podcast, um, could you screenshot it on your phone, share it on social media, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you're using, and tag me in it. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Let me know you're listening to the podcast. It means a lot to me. And number two, if you've been enjoying the podcast, um, I really, really would appreciate it if you would take the time to rate the podcast on iTunes uh, or write a review or both, whatever you can do. I really appreciate that. And it means a lot to me to know everybody that's listening and uh, enjoying it. And uh, I really appreciate it. And I want to say thank you ahead of time. All right, let's jump in. Today, uh, I have something that I believe is life-changing, something that I've really been thinking about for a long time. I've heard other ministers speak about it, but I want to give it to you uh, today in a very uh, digestible way. And as you saw in the title, it's something that I'm calling the 224 rule, the 224 rule. And I'm sure a lot of people maybe looked at that and thought it had to do with some kind of a scripture verse, like, you know, James 224. I don't even know if there's 24 verses in the second chapter of James off the top of my head, but it has nothing to do with a scripture, although we're going to use a ton of scripture to back this up today, but we're calling it the 224 rule because in every day, of course, we know we have 24 hours uh, in each day, but in that 24 hours, 10% of the time you have each day is two hours and 24 minutes, two hours and 24 minutes. We could call that a tithe of your day, a 10% of your day. And the reason that I wanted to bring this to you today is because I heard, uh, I've heard multiple ministers talk about this and I've employed it myself. What a difference it makes. I'm telling you, um, by the time you get to the end of this podcast and just, it's something as simple as what we're going to talk about today, uh, can change your life forever. And I do really mean change your life. I'm not being cliche. Um, I really, really mean change your life forever. And here's what I mean. Um, we've done some podcasts. Of course, if you've been listening to, um, the podcast for, for the last few weeks, you'll know that we've talked about the subject of time, how it is your most valuable resource, how it's something that you can never get back. Once it's gone, it is gone. And however you spent it is what, whatever you used your time to do will affect the outcome of your life. And if we made statements like this, that the secret of any person's success is found in their daily habits or their daily routine. And I've I've looked at this. I know many ministers that have employed this uh, in their own lives and in their own ministries uh, that have been you know, internationally known, God has blessed them because of this one thing. And I'm calling it the 224 rule. And the reason for it, we're talking about a tithe of your time, 10% 
of your day. You know, we understand uh, as New Testament believers, we're still in a position where we pay tithes. We give tithes uh, to God from our, our money, our finances. But many people have never thought about giving God a tithe or 10% of your day each day. Think about that for a second. Giving God 10% of your day each day. Now, because we understand that time is our most valuable resource, wouldn't it make sense to give God from your life what is most valuable to you and make sure that he has uh, the first fruits, if you will, of your most valuable resource every single day? And what I'm calling the 224 rule is simply this, taking two hours and 24 minutes of each day and giving it to God in dedication to him, his presence, and his kingdom. I'm going to break it down into three uh, different categories that within that two hours and 24 minutes, you should spend time doing each one of these three things on a daily basis. And when you do, without question, the word of God teaches that you will be elevated uh, very, very, uh, what I like to call, I, I call it violent increase, or uh, uh, you'll have a momentum that comes from God that cannot be shaken by any earthly force, by any uh, antichrist agenda. There's nothing that goes on in the world that can shake you out of what God will do in you when you dedicate yourself to his kingdom in this way. So let's quickly break this down. And uh, for all of those people that have written in to us, we've had a bunch now that have written in to us and said, the podcasts aren't long enough. Well, today might be the exception to the rule. We might have a longer podcast than normal, but it's because I really, really want you guys to get this in your spirit because it will help you immensely. The first area of tithing your time to God that I want to deal with today is the area of prayer, personal prayer. Understand that prayer is the basis for everything uh, that we receive from God in power. Now, we know that the Word of God is the most powerful force in the universe. We know that God does everything by His Word, but in His Word, He has commanded us to pray, that people of God are supposed to be people of prayer. Anybody, and I mean you can look back through church history all the way back to the pages on the the, the scripture and find that anybody that's done anything great for the kingdom of God has been a person of dedicated prayer. We just saw the homegoing of Dr. Billy Graham. There's many others that are on the earth still, like Dr. Paul Youngie Cho, uh, those that have gone on to be with the Lord. These are men that have dedicated themselves to daily, continued, uh, disciplined prayer. Uh, E.M. Bounds, who was a Methodist minister who wrote, I believe, 12 books in his lifetime, nine of those were on the subject of prayer. He made this statement, which you may have heard before. He said, uh, much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. So the level of your prayer life will determine the level of your power life or the amount of power that you can release that God's placed on the inside of you is determined by the dedication you have to prayer 
uh, in the presence of God. And that's found in the, in the scripture. I mean, the Bible teaches that when there were parents who brought their son to G- to the disciples of Jesus, who had a suicidal spirit that caused him to be deaf and mute, they brought their son in Mark chapter nine to the disciples and the disciples could not cast that demon out of that boy. And so the parents pressed on further through to Jesus and Jesus rebuked his disciples essentially and said, you faithless generation, how long am I going to be with you? And without any issue, Jesus cast that demon spirit out of that boy and he was instantly free. This is something that confused the disciples and later they came to Jesus and said, hey, why why couldn't we cast that demon out of that boy? And Jesus answered them at the end of Mark chapter 9 and he said, this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So what Jesus was trying to get across to his disciples was this, even though I have given unto you all power. Now you study the scripture and you'll find Jesus had transferred all power to his disciples for the work of the ministry that they'd been called to. He breathed upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. He had transferred his authority to them to minister on his behalf and they had seen limited success to this point. They'd healed the sick, they'd cast out devils, but now they've come upon a spirit that they didn't have sufficient uh, ability to cast out, and it confused them. It confused them because they'd had limited success, and Jesus gave them the answer to their failure. He said, the reason I was able to cast this demon out of the boy, and the reason you could not, is because our prayer lives are different. Our prayer lives are on a much different level. And because I am more dedicated in prayer than you are, I have a greater ability to release a more full measure of my anointing than you do. Notice that Jesus did not say you need more anointing if you're going to cast out a demon like this. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, well, you just got to get a little bit more mature in your ministry gifts. No, he didn't say that. He had already given them all power and called them into the ministry. He said, the reason you can't do what I just did is because this is the type of spirit that you have to be in prayer and fasting in order to take authority over because the level or measure of anointing that you need to release is at a higher level. So we can clearly see from this story in Mark chapter 9 that Jesus is telling or teaching his disciples that even though I've filled you with my power and the Holy Ghost is in you, that you cannot fully release what is in you without the proper dedication to prayer. Now, if you were to contrast Jesus' life of prayer with the disciples' life of prayer, you would find two very different pictures. In fact, you can see stories like Luke chapter 6, where Jesus goes into the wilderness and he prays all through the night, literally, until the morning comes. Jesus prayed through the night. Uh, There's other passages like Matthew chapter 26, where Jesus takes his disciples into the garden of Gethsemane to pray. He leaves them and goes deeper into the garden. And the Bible says that he comes back after one hour and they're all sleeping when they should be praying. 
Jesus is pressing in with prayer and he's going after the presence of his father. And when he comes back after one hour, he says to his disciples, wake up. And, and, and begin to watch and pray. You know, he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You've got to discipline yourself to pray and take time in prayer. That's what will allow you to release power. Now, let me just say this. It does not just allow you to release power, but prayer is also one of the two elements found in scripture that keeps believers free from sin. This blows people's minds, but there are only two reasons, according to scripture, why any believer would fall into sin. That after you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you would fall back into doing what he said not to do or contradicting his word with your life. Only two reasons. And the first one is not spending time in prayer. Uh, In fact, Jesus says that to his disciples here in Matthew chapter 26. And I believe it's verse 41, as Jesus says, uh, watch and pray that you may overcome or withstand in the day of temptation for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So when the day of temptation comes, that's the day when you're tempted to disobey the word of God or tempted to fall into sin. If you had have not been sufficiently uh, praying then you do not have the strength to overcome your flesh. That's what Jesus is teaching them here. He's saying that even though your spirit wants to please God, if you're not prepared spiritually through prayer, your flesh will overtake your spirit and your flesh will do what it wants to do. It will fulfill its carnal desires. So Jesus said the key here, the answer is to spend continued dedicated time in prayer so that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh or so that you can withstand on the day of temptation and overcome temptation. And that's key. It is so key. In fact, Bishop David Oyedepo, pastor of the largest church in the world, he says this, if you're not prayerful, you will be sinful. If you're not prayerful, you will be sinful. Very, very interesting thought there. If you're not prayerful, you will be sinful. So prayer not only allows you to release power in the Holy Ghost, it also allows you to stay free from sin by putting you in a place of spiritual uh authority or by by continuing in a place where you're walking in the spirit. The Bible says that those that walk in the spirit will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So by praying, spending dedicated time in prayer, you're walking in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You know, your flesh and your spirit are always warring against one another. The Bible teaches that in the book of Galatians chapter 5, and verse 17, the, the Paul wrote that the flesh is at war with the spirit. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved, no matter how long you will be saved, your flesh will never stop wanting to do carnal things. And your spirit will never stop wanting to do spiritual things. And there's a war going on between your flesh and your spirit, and you've got to gain spiritual mastery to conquer 
the flesh and its desires. Paul said he would do that on a daily basis. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27, Paul said, I put my body under on a daily basis, making it do what it should, so that after having preached to other people, I myself don't become a reprobate or a castaway, the King James says. So Paul even understood that if I don't put this flesh under on a daily basis, I'll fail. And at the end of my life, even though I've been a preacher for my entire life, at the end, I will be a reprobate or somebody who's not worthy to stand in the presence of the Lord. And so prayer, the first uh, key here in the 224 rule is that I personally believe, and I can back it up with scripture, what I'm going to do in a moment, is that you should spend an hour of that two hours and 24 minutes every day praying, if not more an hour at a minimum, a minimum of one hour praying each day. So man, that seems like a really long time to pray. But notice Jesus didn't think it was a long time. In that same passage I just referred to, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, Jesus came back to his disciples after one hour of prayer and he said to them, could you not tarry with me for one hour? His question was saying to them, you know, you couldn't even do the minimum. You couldn't even do one hour. See, he go, he went back and continued praying, came back, found them sleeping again. So Jesus was saying, man, you couldn't even hang for one hour. That seemed to be the minimum for Jesus. He didn't consider it to be a huge amount of time in prayer. Uh, this is a man who prayed through the night, prayed all the time, was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights praying, fasting, seeking the face of his father in heaven. So Jesus was saying, you couldn't even hang for an hour. An hour seems to be in scripture, one of the minimum things or, or a normal discipline for the believer. It's echoed again in Acts chapter three. The Bible says that Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. So it seems like even in the New Testament church, they had established a daily hour of prayer where they would meet together in the temple and spend that hour praying. So I want to say to you that if you would take time, if you would make a decision to tithe your time or give a 10%, a tenth of your day to God, at least one hour of the two hours and 24 minutes should be spent in prayer prayer in your known language, your native language, English, or whatever it may be, and also prayer in the spirit. You know, many people think that, and I'm sure maybe if you're listening to this, you've had the same, um, you've probably had the same experience at one point in your life. If you've attempted serious prayer that maybe you pray five, seven minutes and you're like, man, I've prayed for everything I can think of. And now I've kind of run out of things to pray for. I don't even know what to go. So you just pray in the spirit. If you're filled with the Holy ghost, uh, for the remainder of the time you're praying. But one of the things that I've learned from those that pray successfully is that you've got to pray the word of God. God only honors his word. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter one, God said, I am watching over my word to perform it. So God only honors, not our opinions, not our traditions, not our religious 
you know, uh, what, whatever it may be, or the the way that we try to, um, you know, do things in our own fashion, our own way. He doesn't honor that. He doesn't honor our methods. In fact, God spoke and said that specifically. He said in Isaiah 55, listen, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. He, he went on to say, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. So he's not honoring our thoughts or our ways. He honors his word. He wa- He's watching over his word to perform it. So our prayers need to be filled with the mighty word of God. For that reason, we've developed what we use, uh, our prayer points. And prayer points are essentially, all it is, is that we're praying for things uh you know, point by point, we have requests or we're making declarations, but each one of them is based on one or more scriptures found in the Bible. We have a list of over a hundred that I carry with me on a constant basis. It's on my phone. It's on my tablet, my laptop, no matter where I am, I have access to those prayer points. And if I'm praying, I can pull them out and instantly begin to pray scriptural prayers that God will honor and will answer. Uh, and, and they're power packed. I remember when I first started using prayer points, I thought, man, by the time this hour's over, I will have gone through this hundred point prayer list three, four times. But do you know, I got praying in the spirit. And when I say that, I don't mean praying in other tongues. I mean, I was actually praying and the power of God came upon me as I was praying these prayer points. And, uh, one of the things that takes place, I can tell you from experience is that as you're praying, uh, and the spirit is guiding your prayers. See, because we're not using these like some religious form, like a prayer book. You know, it's, it's something that we use as a, a basis to get started, but then we're led by the spirit. We're led by the spirit in prayer. And as I was praying, you get into one of these prayer points or two of them, and then other things start to jump up in your spirit and, and you start praying in other directions based on the word of God. And before you know it, I looked down and when I looked down, I had only gone through maybe 15 to 20 of these prayer points. And my time was, I mean, it was an hour. Time was up. I hadn't even touched the first quarter of the prayer points. So I really realized quickly that these focused prayer points, not only do they keep you praying the word of God, but they keep you in a place where God begins to anoint you in prayer because you are aligning yourself with his word and it's what he desires and more things begin to jump into your spirit. It's a huge help. Um, and if listen, if you're listening to this and, and you've never heard us mention that before and you'd like to have a copy of those prayer points, we would be happy to send them to you. All you need to do is send an email to info at miracleword.com. Info at miracleword.com and use the subject prayer points and request those. And uh, Jenna, who's in our office, will send uh, an email PDF copy of those prayer points to you, and you can begin to use them immediately in your own prayer life. So number one of the 224 rule, first category is spend at least an hour a day in prayer. And, uh, you know, in within that time, I, I will say this, it's very interesting. If you'll do it God's way, you'll, man, you will sense a strong anointing come upon you. Of course, we don't go by how we feel, but... It's nice to be able to feel the anointing <laughs> every once in a while. And uh, one of the things that uh, I noticed initially is that when you start, and I'll just give you some insight kind of into, into the way that God has led me to do it through his word. It's scriptural. Come into his gates with thanksgiving. 
So the first thing I ever do when I begin to pray, I will say this though, uh, this, this is, this is the layout of, of what prayer looks like for me. If you've, if you've ever wondered, uh, how do I, how do I break up my time in prayer? This is, this is what I've been doing for years. I always begin by, uh, praying in the Holy ghost, praying in the spirit. I'll take, if I'm taking an hour without question, the first 10 minutes will be praying in the spirit. And you say, well, the Bible says to come into his gates with Thanksgiving. Well, if you study, uh, the teaching of the apostle Paul to the Corinthian church, he's teaching in first Corinthians chapter 14 about, uh, praying in the Holy spirit or praying in the spirit. And when he's encouraging them, he's encouraging them that in in a church assembly that they should always have somebody interpreting when someone gives a word in tongues because he explains this. He says, uh, if you don't, even though you are giving thanks to God well enough, nobody else understands what you're saying and they can't give thanks with you. So Paul is actually teaching there that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, that is actually a form of of thanksgiving unto God. So it is scriptural to begin your prayer time by praying in the Holy Ghost as it is a type of thanksgiving. So I will pray in the spirit because the second, one of the other benefits of praying in the Holy Ghost is that it stirs up your most holy faith. Uh, It stirs up your most holy faith. You can find that in Jude verse 20. Uh, So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are stirring up your most holy faith and you're giving thanks unto God. So I begin with that. Then I'll move into thanking God uh, in my known language. I'll spend time thanking God for what he's already done. I'll thank him for his word. I'll thank him for his spirit, his presence, his goodness. I'll thank him for the mighty things he's done in the past. I'll thank him for my previous testimonies. I'll thank him for the things that he's done in our meetings recently, the miracles he's performed for his people. I'll thank him for the souls that have been saved. I spend time because the Bible says come into his gates with thanksgiving. That is the best way. That is the biblical way of starting your prayer. And then into his courts with praise, I'll begin to praise him. I'll begin to literally talk about how great he is, how massive uh, his power is. And you you look at uh, Psalm 150 and the Bible says, praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. I'll start talking about how magnificent the things that he has done and is about to do are. And I'll praise him. And then I'll begin to pray those prayer points where I'm actually petitioning God or asking asking him to do uh, something new or what I've been believing him to do. And uh, when I'm done with about 25 minutes of, uh, of asking him and petitioning him, praying the prayer of faith, I'll finish once again by thanking him that all those things that I just prayed are quickly coming to pass. And... Uh, you know, I call that a Thanksgiving sandwich. I mean, literally, uh, you're 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 sandwiching your prayers or your petitions with Thanksgiving on either side, and I'm telling you, Thanksgiving and praise are two things that will cause God to move on your behalf. I don't have time in this podcast to deal with all of the scriptural references, but prayer and praise, when you begin to put those things together, there are two elements that are explosive. I don't know if you ever did those, uh, any of those, those experiments or, or when you were in, in, uh, 
you know, middle school or whatever, when you built the volcano with paper mache, you know, and you, you had to build, and then you, they, they took in the science class, they took the two different things and gave you the baking soda and the vinegar and you put them together with the food coloring and made lava. Because when those two things come together, there's that reaction that causes it to overflow and explode. The same is true with prayer and praise. When they are, uh, combined together, it's an explosive force that in Acts chapter 16, just as one instance, shook the jail cell where Paul and Silas were, shook every door open and every chain off. So prayer and praise together are an explosive force. So the first category of the 224 rule, I encourage you strongly, strongly, strongly to spend a minimum of one hour a day praying spending time in dedicated prayer. When I say praying, I don't mean writing in a journal. I don't mean walking around a room with worship music on with your eyes closed tightly, you know, with your hand. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about meditation. I'm not talking about journaling. I'm not talking about worship. I'm talking about straight up prayer. There needs to be a minimum of one hour a day. And I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm just saying that from the scripture, it seems like this was the minimum amount of time that they would spend in prayer. And you'll see your life go to the next level as you give God an hour a day in prayer. Then number two, the second thing is every day you've got to have some sort of a plan to read God's word. Every day, this is the second category in the 224 rule, you've got to have a specific plan to read the Word of God on a daily basis. So just to give you an example, uh, one of the things that I have in my iPhone on my calendar, every day I have uh, portioned out for myself the New Testament. And I know that if I want to read the New Testament every month, it only takes me nine chapters of the New Testament a day to read the New Testament every month. If you wanted to read the New Testament every quarter, break it down to three chapters a day. And uh, you, you start to understand that. I mean, that takes basically no time. Bas- three chapters takes literally less than 15 minutes. Uh, so I want to encourage you to do something significant. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to read, spend, th- I want to, it's my recommendation. Of course, I, I'm just telling you what I would do and what I'm doing. Um, and I would encourage you to do the same, at least an hour in prayer. And then at least 30 minutes, um, of that time reading the word of God, at least 30 minutes reading God's word. Um, what I'm, doing is, you know, if you're, if you're taking nine chapters of the new Testament a day, and then one of the things you can do one proverb a day and add on top of that five Psalms in a day, that is the new Testament and Psalms and Proverbs every month. I mean, literally, if you want to do it in a quarter, you could do it that way as well. Break it down to three chapters of the new Testament every day. Uh, with five Psalms and a proverb. And there you have your nine chapters. Uh, and I'm telling you, it will. Now, now I mentioned in the previous the previous point here on, on uh, prayer that prayer is one of the two reasons that believers fall into sin. The second reason, according to Scripture, that believers fall into sin is that they do not fill themselves up with the mighty word of God. And David wrote in Psalm 119, And verse 11, he said, Lord, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart 
that I might not sin against you. So if the word of God is not filling you up, you are prone to sinning against God. So the only two reasons that people fall into sin, I'm talking about Christians here, not sinners, is that they don't pray and they don't read God's word. They don't pray and they don't read God's word. And so I want to encourage you to spend a minimum of 30 of those minutes reading God's word on a daily basis. I could do an entire podcast on the power of reading God's word. It is the element that gives you the inheritance from God's kingdom you're believing for. In fact, the apostle Paul wrote to the uh, Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 19. And he said now, or excuse me, Acts chapter 20. He said, now I give you to God or commend you unto God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance in the saints. And so we understand that the word of God is the fuel that's able to give you your inheritance. There's so much that the word of God does. It's healing and health to your body, according to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. The word of God is healing and strength and health to your physical body. So if you are, see, that's one of the things that takes place when you read the word of God. It pulls you into a place of healing and health and strength for your physical body. Number two, it is also, uh, it's, it's fuel for your soul. Uh, Jeremiah, the prophet said that when he found the word of God, he ate it, he, he, he took it into himself. He ingested it, if you will. And it became the joy and rejoicing of his heart or of his soul. That's Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. So another thing the word of God does is it brings joy and rejoicing into your spirit, drives out anxiety and depression and fear. And it keeps you in a place of joy, peace, and, uh, and it's, it's wonderful. Another thing, not, not only health and strength to your body, joy and peace to your mind, it also brings about prosperity financially. For the Bible says that that's what God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, take this book of the law, don't let it depart from your mouth, meditate upon it day and night so that you may observe to do all that's written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. So the third thing that the word of God does is that it, it allows you to make your way prosperous and be successful. The word of God literally allows you to make yourself prosperous and to become successful. So by putting the word of God as fuel into your spirit on a daily basis, you're covering not only your physical body, your mind, your spirit, but also your financial life because the word of God applies in every one of these areas of the of your life. So I would spend a, at least a half an hour reading God's word. And here's the deal. This is so important to, to note that you've got to, got to, got to set a schedule to do these things. Because if you don't, if you say, well, I'll just do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, later never comes. Later never comes. Hashtag later never comes. There's always something that will creep up and take your time and, and you'll say, well, I'll, I'll get to it before bed. I'll get to it before I go to work tomorrow morning. I'll get it. And before you know it, later never comes. And as a result, it's day after day with no prayer, day after day with no word. And you, you start to get dry. You start to get parched. Uh, and, and, and 
It's not God's intent for your life. He wants to keep you strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But the way to do that is to fill yourself with the mighty word of God and with prayer. And so I want to, I want to suggest now that's an hour and a half uh, of your 224, which leaves just about 55 minutes left. And here's the third category that I want to get into before we close the podcast today. And the third category of the 224 rule is this impartation through the word of God being preached or taught. And what I want to encourage you to do is to, to spend time each day, whether, and I'll tell you when I, I really feel like is the best for this is in your commute. I really believe those of you that are listening to me, whether you're a student that rides the bus to school, whether you're somebody that drives to work every day, maybe you spend, I mean, people don't realize how much time they spend in the car. They do not realize how much time they spend waiting in lines. I mean, that's another thing. Just standing in line, whether you're at Target, TJ Maxx, doesn't matter where you are, you're at the mall, sitting around. People have so much time spent waiting and and listen. Instead of using that as wasted time or just waiting time, use it as fueling time. And I, I encourage you to listen to preaching and teaching on a daily basis. Even if it's just one message a day that maybe lasts 40 minutes, 45, 50 minutes. In fact, that's the whole reason we built Miracle Word Radio is so that you would constantly, always at your fingertips have preaching and teaching that would take you up to the next level, faith building, preaching and teaching that would impart into your spirit, the anointing of God. Those of you that are listening to the podcast, I mean, that's what you're doing right now is that you're listening to preaching and teaching that's building up your spirit. And I, and I, I really commend you for that because you're taking time out of your schedule to build yourself up spiritually. And that's what we need to do. We need to spend time. And we have so many resources for free at our fingertips. I mean, uh, you know, our app, the Miracle Word app that we released is available for Android devices and iOS devices, absolutely free. Miracle Word Radio is embedded inside of that. And you can listen to it at any time. I encourage people, put it on the car, turn off the morning shows, the radio shows, and put it on and listen to it and let it build your faith. Uh, also YouTube, you know, get some of these messages on YouTube. Go back and listen to some of these guys that are no longer preaching. Go back and listen to Kenneth Hagan as he teaches. Go back and listen to R.W. Shambach. Uh, go back and listen to T.L. Osborne, Lester Sumrall, Billy Graham. Listen to some of these great men of God uh, preach and teach the word and let it build faith on the inside of you. Build yourself a playlist on YouTube. And you know, the more you listen to these, can I give you a little insight? This will help you because you don't want to see, that's one of the reasons that I made miracle word radio, because if you have to constantly search, search, search for something good to listen to or watch, it ends up, you know, the search takes more time than the actual watching or listening that you're doing. I found that out a long time ago with Carolyn at Blockbuster back before they went out of business. We used to go to Blockbuster. I'm sure many of you that are listening did the same. We used to go to Blockbuster on like Friday night. We'd spend like an hour 
or more just like walking up and down the aisles, like looking at every title because we couldn't find something sufficient to watch that night. We spent more time looking for something. It got to be like an annoyance to us. The same is true now with like Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu. You're just like browsing all the time. If you have to constantly browse all the time, then most of the time you're just not going to do it because you don't want the hassle. But as you start to listen to some of these messages and things, especially on YouTube, you know what's going to start happening, obviously, is that more and more of these types of messages are going to show up on the recommended for you page um, inside of YouTube. And the more you see those coming up, I encourage you to click on those and either add them to your watch later playlist or create a uh, playlist of messages that you're going to listen to, a queue of messages you're going to listen to in the future. And every time you see a new one you've not heard yet, um, click on it and add it to that playlist so that anytime you've got uh, time to jump in the car or whatever you're doing, you can instantly pop open YouTube and, and go to that playlist and just resume listening where you left off. Because here's the thing. You say, well, I don't need to listen. I just need more of the word of God. I've heard people actually say that, you know, we need to read less books about the Bible and read more of the Bible. You know, that's just as dumb as saying we need to listen to less preaching about the Bible and just read more of the Bible. No, God placed men and women in the body of Christ for the perfecting of the saints and set those ministry gifts there to build us up by preaching and teaching. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Our faith doesn't come except by hearing the word of God preached and taught. Notice, I'll give you this before we pray. Notice that when Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth and he was going to do miracles there, he marveled or could not believe the level of unbelief that they had operating there. And as a result, the Bible says he could not do any mighty works there except laying his hands on a few sick people and healing them. And he marveled at their unbelief. And notice what he did next. The cure for unbelief, as my father's preached for so many years, the cure for unbelief is that he went round about the villages preaching and teaching in their synagogues. Preaching and teaching. He said, all right, if you're going to be at a level of unbelief and doubt, I'll bring you up in your level of faith by preaching to you and teaching you. So by listening to preaching and teaching on a daily basis, your faith will soar. Your faith will go through the roof as you're listening constantly to anointed preaching and teaching. And I believe that the final uh, amount of time that you have each day, the tithe of your time needs to be spent in uh, impartation of receiving the word. Now that could also include, I will say this, that could also include reading books written by men and women of God, not just listening because books are just preaching and teaching in written form. So I would, I would say if you're not going to listen to Miracle Word Radio or, or watch something on YouTube, uh, if you have a book that you're reading, you know, by somebody that's writing these things, read that, spend that time. So the third category is receiving impartation of faith and anointing by preaching and teaching, whether it be spoken word, video, or reading a book. I want to encourage you to spend the final portion of your 224 in impartation sessions. I'll call them impartation mastery sessions where you are actually receiving from those who have done huge things for the kingdom of God, 
hearing what they teach, hearing what they say, reading what they write. And, you know, it's amazing what you can receive by impartation from a video. You don't have to have been in that service. You don't have to have hands laid on you. Ezekiel said, he spoke the word unto me and it set me upon my feet. You know, the the most enduring impartation you could ever receive is the impartation of the word. It is the most powerful force in the universe, God's word. And so I want to encourage you. Number one, your hour, your first hour of your 224 rule needs to be spent praying, praying. Number two, reading the word of God consistently every single day. And finally, impartation mastery sessions where you're receiving, preaching, and teaching from either a video, Miracle Word Radio, some sort of audio, podcast, or by reading books written by these kinds of uh, men and women that are full of faith and full of God's word. And I'm telling you, if you'll employ the 224 rule, it will change your entire life. And I, and I don't just mean that, please hear me today. I, I do not just mean that in a cliche way. I mean, it literally sets you on a higher plane than everybody else who is not living in dedication to God's kingdom. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So part of seeking the kingdom is reading the word, prayer, you know, receiving impartation, and then righteousness is living holy. You know, those two things, the Bible says the promise after that is all these things will be added unto you. So it puts you in a place where everything you're believing for and everything that you need is added to you because you are seeking the kingdom first. It's the key. When God sees people whose hearts are turned toward him, 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9, the Bible says, when he finds people whose hearts are loyal to him or turned toward him, he will show himself strong and mighty on their behalf. So when you begin to seek the Lord like this, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But those that come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What I'm telling you, imagine there's so few people that even pray. I mean, a recent poll showed that the average Christian in America prays less than five minutes a day, five minutes a day. And they wonder why things are falling apart. If you will abide by the 224 rule and tithe your time to God, give him a 10th of your day. Listen, he will give back to you so much in the way of reward from heaven, supernatural and spiritual reward, it will blow the natural mind when they look at your life. It will blow their minds. Here's why. The Bible says God is the only one who can bring promotion and increase to any person's life. Psalm 75 verses six and seven, I'll leave you with this. The Bible clearly says that promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. He decides who will rise and who will fall. I'm believing you'll be one of those that will rise because of your dedication to the kingdom. And listen, while we're on the subject of impartation by writing and books, the new book, Unhang Your Harp, is available. It is out, and uh, you can order it now at shop.miracleword.com. Shop.miracleword.com. Unhang Your Harp, how praise opens the door to every blessing that God has set aside for you. This book will bless you in a massive way. 
And I'm telling you, it'll build your faith and open your eyes to some things you've never seen before. before. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't grabbed one yet, jump on and grab one. It's going to be available very soon on iBooks and uh, Kindle as well. And uh, I'm so excited about the book, man. And uh, people have already given me some, uh, I've gotten feedback from people that have read advanced copies uh, and chapters. And people are excited about this. And I want you to be uh, one of those that benefits from what God gave me on this. So let me encourage you because I'm going to be giving a lot of these away to um, those that are in, in worship teams at churches and, and music directors, singers. Listen, I want to encourage you, if you're buying one, buy two copies and give one to somebody. Bless somebody with it because I'm telling you, I believe in this thing. It's going to change uh, I believe the body of Christ when people get a hold of this concept that praise is not just the fast songs before the slow ones in church. Praise is a lifestyle that opens up the windows of heaven and causes God to pour out blessings on his children. So very excited about that. And thank you to everybody that pre-ordered it and those of you that have ordered it. I love you guys so much. Listen, until next week, do not forget goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you very soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 